For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Paul Catalina alongside former Cowboys cornerback Orlando Skandrick. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action. Bet online from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Orlando, the Cowboys uh, uh, went to Baltimore, uh, played on a Tuesday night, and they lost. Uh, 34 to 17. They got the ball run right down their throats. There was a time where they were uh, competitive early in the game, but they were just overmatched. And this team, um, I don't like. We've been talking about all this year. They don't know who they are. And we saw last night or after the game. You know, Mike McCarthy says it's not the scheme, and Stephen Jones says it's not the players. So Orlando, if it's not the scheme and it's not the players, is there a third factor that I am missing that I don't that we're we're not taking into account? Coaching. Because <laughs> the scheme is the scheme. Who teaches the scheme? Mm-hmm. The coaches. Um, not the players. But the thing is, though, like, like Steven said, he said, um, I'll, I'll read his direct quote because I have a lot of respect for Steven. So I'll read his direct quote, and then we'll just go from there, and we'll kind of dive in, and we'll kind of dissect it. One second. Steven says, I think we're a good – I think we have good football players. It's just right now we're not executing. There's a similar group of guys on the field who last year who last year were efficient against the run. I'm convinced we can get the job done. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no. Let me read that wrong. There are a similar group of guys on the field who last year weren't that inefficient against the run. I'm convinced that we can get the job done. Yeah, I I do think it's it's interesting that he said that inefficient, in, in which he is admitting there were inefficiencies. Now, the defense last year was, I mean, compared to this year, it looks like the 85 Bears, for crying out loud. But uh, they, uh, they, they had some deficiencies, that's sure, but, like, it's there are different players out there. There, there, there are. I mean, uh, Malik Collins is gone. He's not there anymore. He's... He's not playing well at all in Oakland. No. He's on injury reserve and not playing well at all. But yeah. So, but I mean, you like, all, like, you know, you get a list of those guys that are you know, the guys you brought into, you thought improved that position. One of them uh, got hurt in the first day of training camp. And one of them what was so bad you had to cut him, you know, four or five weeks into the season. So, uh, you know, then you went down the depth chart to where you wanted to be. Now, yes, the linebackers are, are the same and, and Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith and all that, though, they're the same. Uh, but I, to me, that kind of like, and I do, I, I, I agree with you. I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for Stephen Jones. But to say that it's a similar group of players also discounts that maybe those guys aren't playing as well as they had before. And, or, uh, and that the coaching staff, 
which is also kind of implied in there, is not getting as much out of them as, as they, they should be. That's what it says to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just I go back to, you know, and I was on Fox this morning and I was talking about it. And, you know, when you bring in coaches, you entrust them and, you know, you bring in guys. And the, but the first thing is they brought in a ton of free agents that are all have been released. These free agents were vouched for by Mike McCarthy and by Mike Nolan. And then, you know, you have just your draft picks, which were vouched for by them. And then the rest of the guys are guys that were from the previous um, regime. Yeah. Yeah, and they, like they, look, you're they're in a the clear transitional period on defense. First of all, you brought in a, a different you know scheme altogether, and Mike Nolan. Regardless of whether it's working or not, you do have to address or do the players that you have because it's not like you change schemes and you get eleven new players. That's not how it works, you know. So, are the players that you brought back do they fit that scheme? And we've said this all year that that a lot of them don't, you know, and, and a lot of them are weren't ready. But it takes. For- but it takes- it takes two or three years to flip a scheme. Yeah, exactly. Like it takes, it takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. So you, 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 you made a decision when you thought your team was, was Super Bowl ready, which they certainly did. You know, they thought their team was, you know, going to compete and you made a decision when you brought in that kind of a scheme that, that puts you like behind, well, now you're changing schemes. So it takes a couple years to do that. Is when you're changing schemes, does that mean you're going to, you know, be a playoff contender? I mean, most of the time, no. Oh, well, absolutely you expect to be a playoff contender. When you change coaches, you don't change coaches and say, well, in two or three years we're going to be good. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but, like, you know, but if he's, if he's that much of a scheme change from the personnel you have, you're taking a big risk there, aren't you? It was a bad hire. I said yeah. this from the beginning. Yeah. I, said it was, I said it was a bad hire from the beginning, and I still believe it's a bad hire. Um. Mike Nolan is just, you know, if you look at, he was a defensive coordinator six years ago with the Falcons. He was close to last. He was 26 one year, 28 the other year. And then with time, he's clearly gotten worse. And now his defense, you know, his defensive ranking is just horrible. Yeah. I mean, they're, they've got uh, more points than anybody but one team in the league. Uh, and maybe that changed after last night, I don't know, because they gave up 34. So, uh, yeah, they've got – They've got serious problems. They've got serious, serious problems that they're going to have to address in the offseason. And I think one of the big ones is there's clearly a disconnect on uh, from the ownership and the coaches of what they think is wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately they're going to have to sit down and everybody's going to have to take a long, hard look at themselves. And, you know, the finger pointing and the, the ego is going to have to just drop. Yeah. Uh, you know, and look, I, I, they, they play the Bengals this week. That's a team that is, you know, they've lost their uh, rookie starting quarterback who was playing well and I had brought some life to them. They're playing with Brandon Allen now. So, uh, you know, maybe the Cowboys haul off and win this one. I mean, maybe, maybe they do. But, uh, and, and, you know, they still have to play the Eagles again who, who are in all kind of problems. But they, uh, <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't have a schedule that's conducive to them winning, as we've said you know, down the stretch and they don't have personnel right now. The, the Bengals are still a tough, uh, they're still, they're playing hard. Yeah. They played the Giants tough. Um, never know what kind of weather they're going to get down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the Bengals are a team that, you know, they weren't playing, they weren't winning football games, but they were showing, you know, that they have gotten better from what they were before. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't, the Cowboys, they just don't. Well, and, and they're not playing well at all. I mean, the Bengals, what they can do is they can turn around and run it. They've got some decent offensive linemen, and, you know, they've got pride too. So, 
I mean, I, I, I just don't, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I don't either. There's a, I mean, and again, if you can run the ball, I mean, if the Cowboys are going to let you run the ball, which I'm, I'm surprised that not everybody has done against them, but uh, if the Cowboys are going to let you run the ball like they do with everybody, uh, then, then you can, I mean, you can take a lot of pressure off of Brandon Allen. You can take a ton of pressure off him. This is my thing though. The Baltimore Ravens, Cowboys had 12 days to prepare for Lamar Jackson. Mm. Lamar Jackson had one practice. Yeah, that's, that's pretty telling when you think about it. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, in the first, the first chance he got to make a big play on him, he did. 37 yards on a fourth and two. Leighton Van Der Esch went the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, has Leighton be, progressively just became that bad of a linebacker? I don't think so. I think this game, I think it's a bit – I think it's, it needs some simplicity. I think they just simply need to flip back to a 4-3. They need to say, you know what, this experiment didn't work. Um, you know, they need to tell Mike McCarthy, we hired you for X, Y, and Z reasons, and we think that we should find a different defensive coordinator that fits our scheme. I mean, there's going to be some guys available. There's Dan Quinn's going to be available. Dan Quinn is available. You know, he's, he's, he's ran a successful defense in Seattle. Um, there's going to be some other guys that are going to get fired that are going to be available. There's going to be some up-and-coming guys from some other schemes that are going to be available. Look, I'm not going to compare them to the Chiefs in the aspect of, you know, and I was on the Chiefs when we had Bob Sutton, and, you know, we weren't very good on defense. And, you know, they did get some players. They got younger. But when they did get Steve Spagnuolo and it worked better for them, it allowed their team to flourish. And, you know, they've been better since then. They're not the greatest defense, but they get stops when they need to get stops. They get sacks when they need to get sacks. And I think that's just what the Cowboys need. Yeah. I think that where they made the mistake of, instead of changing scheme, you find somebody who has a similar scheme that matches your players that gets the most out of them, which is not what they did. They didn't do – they, like, whiffed on both of those, you know. So, when the, like, when the Chiefs brought in Steve Spagnola, like, that was, uh, that was a guy who could take the guys they had. And, obviously, they brought in some other players, but take what they had in the roster and accentuate it. You know, they didn't have to, you know, change all – you know, kind of go top to bottom, uh, change it. They, they, they just were able to – add some little pieces and then, and then accelerate. Like that's what the Cowboys I think should have done, but the whole top down scheme change with guys who are, you know, trying to fit square pegs in a round hole, uh, set them back from the very beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think they just need to find some guys that's going to buy in. They need to make the, the, the most of their guys that they still have there. And they need to just try and salvage this thing. I mean, they have got so many problems. I was just looking at their roster they need two defensive tackles. They need three secondary people. I mean, who in the secondary do you think that's worth a damn besides, you know, Donovan Wilson has been a physical, pre- a physical presence. And then, you know, I, I, go, I go and I look last night, you got a well-overthrown ball and Xavier Woods is hog-tying the guy by the neck. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 the second – I like – I don't know who, who's been a bigger disappointment. Has it been up the middle or has it been the secondary? And the secondary to me is a little bit more because, I mean, like, they've, they've been playing a lot longer. Like, there's – I mean, outside of Trayvon Diggs, but there's veteran guys there, you know, that, that shouldn't be making some of the mistakes like the, the one that Xavier Woods you just mentioned. Hey, but those guys have never been – they, you know, in their mid-round draft picks, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but when I was there, you know – 
I may not have had all the interceptions, but I, I created turnovers. I sacked the quarterback. You know, I affected the game in different type of ways. What ways do those guys affect the game in? What ways does Jordan Lewis affect the game in? What way does Cheeto Bayouzia affect the game? Like, what, what way does Xavier Woods affect the game? Like, I don't, I don't ever remember the game and you see, you say, oh, my, that guy affected the game. No. And, uh, like, you know, when they, when the secondary does create turnovers, like Darian Thompson had the interception last night, well, it was off a tip. You know, uh, it wasn't, I'm not, I'm not trying to take it away, but like he made the play, but that's the first time he's made a play. Like the first time he's ever affected the game in, in any regard, you know? So uh, they, they really, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's they, they, they went away. Like when you, when you got there, um, you know, Mike Jenkins and I mean, you know, Terrence Newman, like they had spent high draft picks on. Yeah, but me and Mike were the same draft class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, and he was a first round pick. And then you, you, yeah, but Mike didn't even play his rookie year. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. He did. <laughs> Only I played. He didn't even play his rookie year. Yeah. But um, they were, my point being is they were investing higher picks. You know, Awuzie is a second round draft pick. Yeah. Jordan Lewis is a third round draft pick. I mean, what, you expect your top three draft picks to become starters. You know, I was the fifth round draft pick. I exceeded my expectations. I came into the league where the third corner was just now starting to become, you know, a starting guy. And, you know, I kind of just earned my keep. You know, I had my ups and downs, my lumps and bruises. But, you know, I found different ways. I sacked the quarterback. You know, I was good at creating turnovers from stripping the ball, you know. And when I did make interceptions, you know, I, I made them. And, you know, I ended up earning my way into being a full-time player. You know, I feel like there were some seasons where I was the best player in the secondary. They went out and they – um, signed Brandon Carr to a five-year, $50 million contract. They went out and drafted Morris Claiborne in the top in the top five. And, you know, I still was outplaying those guys. I was starting ahead of Morris Claiborne. Like, I mean, so at some point you got to – by my fourth year, which all these guys are in, I had already signed a, a five-year extension, you know, a, five, a five-year extended contract. None of these guys, you don't even think about extending them. Yeah, well, and uh, so – do you think the problem is how they evaluate that specific position? No, I mean, they made a position switch. You know, I mean, I was evaluated at the position by someone who's a great coach and Dave Campo. Those, these guys that we're talking about were drafted and evaluated by Joe Baker, a guy that's not even coaching in the league. You know, Dave Campo is a household name, you know, and Wade Phillips was my defensive coordinator. These guys are going on their third defensive coordinator. They were, they were brought in when it was Iberflus and Marinelli. Then they transitioned to – Marinelli and Chris Richard, and now they're under the tutelage of Al Harris and Mike Nolan. They're on their they're on the third group of guys, and they haven't seemed to flourish under either. No, and uh, you mentioned Matt Eberflus, and he's got one of the top defenses in the league uh, this year in Indi- uh, <laughs> uh, in Indianapolis. He does, and I mean it's it's just because you know guys play hard. It's simplistic, and it was similar to what the Cowboys were doing last year. But at the end of the day these guys haven't made plays under you can't name me a year where you said oh my god Xavier Woods is taking the next step oh my god Jordan Jordan Lewis couldn't even get on the field he was the fourth corner guarding running backs and and dropping in hooks playing being the dime guy and now you know he's a full-time he's a full-time nickel and I mean I don't this guy doesn't make any plays no no you're you're right uh i want to uh i wanted to ask you because you know des really well uh and and he was fired up for that game last night to play against his old team and uh he was and then right before the game he gets popped 
with a positive COVID test. I was disappointed. I wanted to see him like, you know, I always liked Dez. I've always enjoyed watching him play. I wanted to see him play against the Cowboys. Bummed out that that happened. Your thoughts about Dez and, and, and you know, how, I mean, of course, he, he got on Twitter and was really bummed about it. But uh, what, what did you think about all that? I thought he was really down about it, but I thought it was the right decision. Um, earlier in the week, he had received an inconclusive test. So when that test came back, they decided they want to text him again. I think that that was the right decision for the league. It's a little bit odd, though, because if that happens the day before and then a bunch of other guys are put into tracing and then they're put on the temporary COVID list and then they have to test negative. So I thought that was a bit odd from the contact tracing point of it and how they just kind of singled out Des. But it really sucked for him. I know he was looking forward to it. I know he's down. Um, I know he's going to have to be on the COVID list for I don't a, a number of days. And I hope – I know he says it's tough for him. He's going to call it quits for the season, but I hope he does. And I hope he finishes this thing out. You know, he's come so far. He's worked so hard to get back. I hope he finishes this thing out the right way. And just, I hate to see him end the season or his career like this. Yeah, I, I hope he doesn't either. I, and, and, you know, you know him a lot better than I do. I just know him from covering him and, you know, being in, in some of those post-game locker rooms and all that. But he's a very emotional guy and he's a very passionate dude. And so sometimes I think, you know, when you have, when you're so excited for something that it's hard to turn that faucet off in the moment. And I, that's why, that's why I'm kind of hoping he was just last night, you know, during the game where he was like, Oh, this is exhausting. And it is exhausting for everyone. No matter what you do, 2020 has been exhausting. COVID's exhausting. It's exhausting. And when it hits you, uh, you know, in whatever fashion it hits you, it, it's exhausting. So I kind of just, I'm hoping that's just kind of where he was last night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, I want to see him keep going at this thing. And, um, you know, the Ravens have a chance. They have a chance to, you know, earn a, earn a playoff spot. And I think, you know, it's, it would be great. Dez is a great addition. Man. He's great energy. I mean, he's not the player that he once was, but he's great energy. He's got the spirit. You know, he's still a good football player and he works his butt off. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and uh, you know, bonus to, to any locker room, especially they've got young receivers that can benefit from, from watching Dez work, you know, and, and fight to get back and how he approaches things. So, uh, and I, I, I always, I love the way the Ravens handle their business in the front office. They just seem to, to really be efficient in the way that they, they draft and select players. Now, uh, you know, they were on a skid before they played the Cowboys, but the Cowboys, like uh, everybody else has played them, help, help everybody get right this year, which is uh, not who you want to be. Yeah, I mean, the, Cow- the Cowboys are in – I mean, what do you what do? You do? I mean, you need, like I said, let's go back to it. You need two defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. You say we got two defensive ends. We got Demarcus Lawrence and – Randy Gregory, you've drafted the Dorrance Armstrong kid from Kansas. I would never draft a player from Kansas. They're atrocious. The last good player that I've heard coming from Kansas is a keep to leave. Defensive player, should I say. But they need two new defensive tackles. They need a playmaker, linebacker. I mean, because it's like, what do you do? Like, you need somebody to push Jalen, and you need someone to push uh, Van Der You need – a safety, you need a free safety. You need a, they've been asking for a free safety in Dallas since I was there. And they had a free safety since Kim Hamlin made the Pro Bowl. Um, you need another corner. You need two corners. Um, I think you pretty much count on Diggs. He's going to, you know, he's serviceable. He's a good, worst case scenario, he's a good two. But you're going to need another. You need a one. You need an, another nickel. Um, this, this, you're going to have to get a defensive staff that you're going to give more than a year and you know you've already these guys are so bad I can't give them more than a year because if I give you more than a year and I give you two years and I have to fire you after your second year now I'm stuck with two years of your players yeah so you gotta get you gotta you gotta essentially maybe write off Trayvon Diggs who you could salvage at this point 
Yeah, I'm going to say, no, you, he's good. He's, he's going to be okay. But I, I got to find a good young, a good young motivator, like a, a coach that has got to run a 4-3 that's ready to come in and be innovative. And, you know, you just – you look at what the, the Giants have been ever done. You just looked at the Giants and you said they have absolutely no talent on defense. We would say that, right? Mm-hmm. And just look how, you know, they've – they go and they sign Logan Ryan – Three weeks before camp, he's been amazing. They go and they trade for Peppers. He's been a great physical presence. Um, they make a great free agent acquisition in Bradbury, who's played out of his mind. They go and they sign Blake Martinez, a guy that the Packers let walk out the door. And Dude, tackling machine. Like tackling machine. They go and they make the trade last year for Leonard Williams, a guy who was just left to die in New York, who's a good player. And then, you know, they have the other defensive tackle in Tomlinson. And – you know, they go and they sign Devin Kennard. No, I believe – wait a minute. Hold on. I'm sorry. I think they did. Did they bring Kennard back with the Giants? I'm getting – somebody's. I get somebody's guys confused. Yeah. Um, that I I'm not exactly sure he came back to the Giants, so don't quote me on that one. But yeah. Tomlinson and um, Williams, and they draft a guy to UCLA and Darnay Holmes, and they've just bought into the, the Patrick Graham scheme, and they're, you know, they've really become a strength of their team. Yeah, they, they they really have, and and, and they're on a roll. Uh, and look, the the Washington football team has 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 dedicated themselves to drafting well on defense, and that's why they're not winning because you know Alex Smith is serviceable, and they've gotten a, you know something out of Antonio Gibson and 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 Terry McLaurin's a heck of a wide receiver, but they're winning because that defense is intimidating. The de- defense can get stops, and so now you have an actually interesting race down the stretch here. Well, well I don't know if they particularly drafted well on defense, but they freaking have dedicated all their first round picks to their front four. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> high ones too. Yeah, very high ones. Yeah, and they've hit on those guys. That, that, that's the other thing is sometimes you, you don't hit on those guys or like Leonard Williams. I mean, he should have been based on his pick. He should have been a lot better with the jets and he's, he's been better with the giants. And that maybe kind of ties back into a lot with the coach, like you said, with the coaching and that the jets uh, have maybe the worst coaching staff in the league uh, right now and couldn't get anything out of them. Yeah. I don't know. I just, for me, I don't know. I just, sometimes I look and I think, are the jets, are the jets uh, tanking? You know, what, what reason did they have to call an all-out blitz with that little bit of time? Are they trying to ensure they get the, the, the first pick? Well, Who knows? I mean, the Cowboys are pretty – their coach pretty bad too. I mean, yeah. to, to give up close to 300 yards almost three times this season, that's – and that's just rushing along. That's pathetic. Yeah. And uh, there's only been one team that's done it. The Cowboys have given up 300 yards four times, and it was a long time ago, and they still have four games left. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, don't I, I didn't think – I didn't foresee – I didn't foresee things being this bad. I thought – remember at the beginning of the year, I thought, you know, how they perform in the red zone and how they perform on third downs to tell you what kind of defense they'll be. But for these guys, it's just – Jesus, they can't even do the basics of stopping the run. Well, if you don't get to third down that often, that statistic is, is, is rendered moot. You know, if the teams are gaining on first and second down, you know, uh, and making huge play. Like the other thing is like sometimes uh, they're not even two third down yet and they'll get a huge play. Or like last night, they, they get a stop on third down. It's fourth and two and they give up a touchdown, you know? So, yeah, I mean, and you know, you got two linemen going to the right, a running back going to the left. And I don't know what keys Vanderish was reading, but Hey, 
Yeah. But uh, yeah. And there's just so many questions. All right. uh, We will, uh, uh, I've lost my train of thought. I'll have to edit this out. Um, But the, the, the Ravens, the Ravens are are a team that they needed that win. The Cowboys needed it too, but clearly they don't have the bodies. Now they're playing the Bengals. You know, they've got it like they're two games out right now, Orlando. So all this talk, which was kind of unrealistic in the first place of them, maybe winning the division is, it's kind of got to be over now, doesn't it? It's been over. Yeah. Four games left, yeah. two games out. They lose the tiebreaker versus the Washington football team. It's been over. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been over. So now, so now that it like that is, is not really realistic. You know, you have your pride and you're, you're playing. So what are, you, what are you looking out of a team right now that the division is out of this? Just who plays hard and who, who can, you know, who's going to be a part of this thing going forward. Yep, that's right. And you, you went through that. We've talked about it before. You went through that when, uh, when Jason Garrett became the head coach. You know, who, who's, who's in? Who's in down the stretch? And that, that's really what you, you're going to see. They got the Bengals this weekend. We'll talk about that uh, later in the week. Uh, this is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Please like and subscribe wherever you get, Paul, uh, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Paul Catalina alongside Orlando Scandrick. Talk to you later in the week, everybody. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.